Good afternoon, and welcome to the Voice of Wisdom. With over 60 years of experience as an investment banker, entrepreneur, investment analyst, economist, and venture capitalist, Morty Davis is Wall Street and capitalism personified. The over 400 companies for which he has raised more than $3 billion over the years have created a countless number of jobs and exciting new products. Through the voice of wisdom, Mr. Davis explores, analyzes, and debates the most topical, political, economic, and social issues facing our world today. Joining Mr. Davis today is Rookie Renoff, author of two amazing books on relationships, dating, and marriage. To join the conversation, please call 332-263-3300. That's 332-263-3300. And now, Mr. Davis and Ms. Renoff. Hello again. I'm delighted to be back with my cherished uh, listeners who have proven, um, surprisingly so, to be uh, true voices of wisdom. Uh, uh, They've challenged me brilliantly and they've agreed with me brilliantly and uh, their wisdom and and their knowledge and their, uh, their articulation I couldn't be more pleased with the quality of my, of my listeners. I hope they're as, at least as uh, impressed with my own, but I'm so impressed with uh, with their w- wisdom and knowledge. I'm impressed. Yeah, and tonight we, we're I'm lucky to be joined uh, to have a family reunion because my daughter Rookie right here is uh, who's written two great books. Let me show them to you. One is the, on the left, on my left, is the book, The Art of the Date, how to uh, find your, your lifelong um, uh, soulmate, how to judge them, how to uh, work with them towards your marriage, and then make sure, as my father-in-law said, real love comes after the marriage. When you, when you share the the joy of of having uh, offspring kids and uh, and uh, dealing with the problems and having somebody that supports you and also that uh, makes you smarter because they help you they they challenge you you get everything in one package when you when you, when you get a soulmate you get the people that are going to be your partner and life and, and doing all the things together to make a, for a happier existence and a more rewarding existence and um, and uh, you know, and um, solving problems together, the challenges of life. So tonight we're joined with these two brilliant young ladies, my daughter Rookie right next to me, and the one who's handling the call-in uh, as a producer now with me, my daughter Leah. So I'm delighted to have you join the family reunion. And uh, we wish my mother, who is the real voice of wisdom, were here doing this. Uh, she, she made this a fun show. <laughs> that's true. Years ago I did a radio show. I started doing it on my own called... Morty Davis, the voice of wisdom, and uh, each week she came along with me and brought me coffee while I was doing my talk show, 
And, um, and she looked up all the information. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah she supported me with all the uh, information I had at my hand. She was, I was so lucky in life that I had such a, uh, she passed away about, just about a year and a month ago. So after a while, she said to me, why should I just be your uh, valet, your, your, uh, your slave, by bringing you with coffee, handling everything? I'm going to speak up. And she started to speak up. And um, I hardly ever got a word in an edgewise after that. <laughs> But, it was a great show. If, if my father said white, she said black, and if he switched to black, she said white. Yeah, I didn't need anybody to call in and debate me. She was uh, the one. But anyway, she turned out. Then I said, Morty Davis, the voice of wisdom, and my wife, Rosie, the real voice of wisdom. So, again, I'm happy that you, you, you my cherished listeners, Join me again this Wednesday evening, every Wednesday evening at 6.30, and we can um, explore the, uh, the subject of these books. My father's an expert on marriage. He was married seven, over 70 years. He could tell you his, his policy. It's based on the Ten Commandments. Go ahead, tell them you know, how you taught us to live. Oh, Yeah. The Ten Commandments, I figured if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for me. So the Ten Commandments, I'm sure most of or, or all of you know, are made up of two sides, two tablets. On the one side is all the things you should do. You should have, have only one God. You should honor your father and your mother. All, all the things that are right in life. On the other side, God advises you and informs you of the things you shouldn't do. It's, a, it's actually a guide to how to live. The things you should do and the things you shouldn't do. So on, on that side is thou shalt not uh, steal, thou shalt not, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, all, all the things that make for, for a, a more enjoyable and, and uh, balanced life. So I, I told my four daughters, if you want to know what, what to do, just listen and watch your mother, Rosie. She epitomizes the perfect uh, behavior. And if you want to know what not to do, because kids always have to rebel anyway to grow up, most of them, um, it's, it's a need. You know, the king is dead, long live the king. So if you want to know what not to do, just watch me. And they turned out so good by, by following those instructions. I can't believe they're so terrific. And basically that's how we did our marriages also. We saw how my father acted and how my mother acted. We followed, we, had, we picked husbands, although they're a lot like my father in a lot of ways. But we, we followed my mother as much as we could <laughs> Uh, it's unbelievable. You know, the only thing I feel bad about in my whole relationship, uh, dating and marriage and so forth, is the way the world has developed in the United States these days is people don't get married till they have their kids and they're two, three, four, five years old. 
and then they invite the kids to the wedding. My kids never had the opportunity to attend the most meaningful, most lovable event in, in my life, in my wife's life. They didn't attend that We're wedding. We're okay uh, with it. <laughs> no, but, uh, but other kids say, remember mommy's and daddy's wedding? Oh, yeah, of course. You were the page boy. I was a flower girl. They, they attended the most uh, 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 meaningful and enjoyable event of our lives, uh, of our, my wife and I, uh, our lives. But meanwhile, you had a great marriage, and we're here to discuss why marriages aren't working or why they are working, but why people are having problems these days. Yeah, and why, they, why, why do they teach everything in school that's irrelevant? They teach algebra, advanced uh, uh, geometry, uh, all, all kind of subjects uh, that most of us never have a use of uh, or employed during our lives. And uh, mostly after we take the final exam in those subjects, we never, ever uh, make use of those. But the things that are vital to everyday life, to a good life, to a good marriage, to, to working well at a good job, to having friends and, how to, and relationships, they don't teach any of that. And we should. We should teach the things that, that matter. And so, you know, if you want to have a good friend, there are ways to behave. If you want to have a good wife or a good soulmate, there are ways to behave. Every, every one of the rabbis taught, taught me, I, I said, you know, how do you suggest that I have a good marriage or that we have a good marriage? And he said, well, the first thing, Morty, Every morning when you get up, the first thing you say to your wife is, sweetheart, I'm sorry. You don't have to say anything more. She'll figure out enough things that you, you should be sorry for. And you had enough to be sorry for. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you know, listening, Camelot, the advice, he says, how do I, you know, how do I have a good marriage? And the advice is, love her, just love her, you know. And that's really the problem is that people today don't are unprepared to to care about the other person. They don't want to commit. They don't you know they don't respect the other one. They don't want to sacrifice for the other one. They want it's all about me. It's a very me generation. It's and it's a very um, disposable generation. You're not happy. You uh, it's over. People are getting divorced like within the first week of marriage now. They don't even give it a chance. And, and therapists say that, you know, if, if you look for a problem, you can find within the first week, it's easy to find 10 problems that you decide you can't live with. And then either you decide to work with it and you decide to commit and you decide that this is what's important or you walk out. And unfortunately, so many people are just walking out. Yeah, Rookie, um, she says it right, because I know so many people. I had a great friend who I played tennis with, and his, he, one time he told me his daughter was getting married, and he was making a wedding at the Plaza Hotel, and 
all the people that attended, we all had different wines at every course, different champagnes. Uh, we had um, what's what's that black thing called? Uh, caviar. Caviar. It was one of the most expensive uh, weddings I've ever been at. And he told me how lucky his daughter was and how proud he was and how, how much he thought of this son-in-law who was a doctor. And I, I, I really congratulated him and I thought he was very lucky and his daughter was very lucky. And then about seven, eight months later, I asked him, you know, how did the young couple doing? And he says, oh, the guy turned out to be such a bad guy, such a bum. They're getting divorced, and he's he's nasty, and he's cr crude and rude. And so, you know, the, before you get married, everybody's on their best behavior. You don't see uh, that they, they, neither one shows any negative side if they have any, and they're so nice. And after marriage, it's, it, they've in some cases, unfortunately, they turn out to be very different. Then during the um, what what's the period called? Not the engagement period. The, the what? Honeymoon. The honeymoon period. But even before no, the honeymoon. The, during the engagement period, they act like they're perfect. I have a good friend. She got. She was so excited about getting married. The guy gave her a car. Marcy, the guy gave her a car and gave her everything she could think of and bought her jewelry. And she had the most beautiful wedding. And the night, the next day, he took away the keys to her car. He took away all her jewelry. She was in shock. And she got divorced within a few days. And I was trying to set her up. I was showing her beautiful wedding picture to people. Look how gorgeous she looked at her wedding last week. Do you want to go out with her? It was insane. It was <laughs> like, you know, but people show put their best foot forward. And yeah, as my father-in-law said, the real love comes after marriage, after you have challenges, after you help each other, support each other, uh, have children together that you love, and, and uh, try to bring up as best you can together. And before marriage, you know, a lot of people get married and think they're so in love because their hormones are uh, at the highest level ever, and... and they try to uh, see the best in each other, and they're sort of hot to trot, but uh, that doesn't mean you're, you're really in love. Also, it, people it's kind of a so lo love, it's movie in love, a movie kind of love. But, uh, so that, that's urgent. Uh, you know, look, when I was in college and uh, throughout my uh, educational career, they taught me things that I found interesting, but I haven't used. You know, I took uh, a lot of history, geology, archaeology, uh, uh, things that that were you know interesting and, and maybe worth learning about, and add to your total joy in life possibly. But they didn't teach any of us. How to handle a, a budget for a family? How to uh, um, run a household? How to reconcile when, when you disagree? 
all the things. Need, you need a license to drive. You need licenses for everything. And, and to go get married and to bring a children, you don't need any. There's no requirements. Right. There's no courses. Everybody goes into it blindly. Like, to bring a baby in, into, into this world and not have any, any experience or any, any guidance or, you know, you, you learn by, by going, you know, by, uh, by doing it. And, and that's, you, you should have some training uh, you need the minimum training to do anything in life. To get, like as you, as you pointed out, to give haircuts, to to give manicures, to to be a masseuse. Or also, masseur. people need to learn reality. They need to know what to expect. They need to know that you do fight and you do argue in in marriage. My husband and I, we, we hardly ever argue, and certainly not in front of the kids. And when my daughter got married, she's, the first argument she had with her husband, she thought, this must be over. And she said to me, Ma, you did us a disservice. We didn't know you're supposed to, you know, you can argue and it could still be a fabulous marriage. And it's true, you know, you have to, people are go into it very demanding, wanting a lot, thinking they can have everything, very unrealistic. I heard a, a story that said this guy says, um, I want the type of girl who I can hand a whole bunch of buttons and tell her, here, take these buttons and sew me some shirts, which is exactly the feeling. These guys want it all. They want everything. They don't look what a person really is and what a person's capable of. They find somebody, they want them to work, they want them to keep house, they want them to have kids, they want they they demand a lot. And the same for the the girls. They want husbands who make a fortune. Even before they finish school, they say, What do you mean you're not working? Well, I have to finish school. They have to they have to be realistic about their expectations going in. So they aren't disappointed and aren't frustrated. Yeah, and, and it's said that you, you know, it's after the marriage you get counseling on how to be, how do I get along? How do you, you you come to a counselor and say, you know, we we had this fight and now she won't talk to me. I won't talk to her. They, you know, it's like a, one gentleman comes to the rabbi and says. Rabbi, I think my wife is trying to poison me. Rabbi says, really? Yes, he says, I'm pretty sure, you know, my wife's trying to poison me. He says, don't worry. I'll talk to your wife during this week, this coming week, and come back in, in a week, and I'll give you further advice. So, sure enough, he comes back in a week, and he says to the rabbi, well, what what what's the conclusion? What's 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 the advice you want to give me that you should give me? You propose. So he says, "Look, I spoke to your wife four hours on Monday, five hours on Tuesday, six hours on Wednesday, and seven hours on Thursday. And my advice to you is, take the poison." <laughs> <laughs> so. It's good to get counseling. Well, they say there's two times that men don't understand women, before marriage and after marriage. Oh, so that's pretty good. What's, what about in between? In, no, no in between. They're in and out of it. 
unfortunately. But there are things that people have to learn. They certainly have to learn to compromise. I understand that our producer here had some interesting stories of compromise in his marriage. Len, yeah, could you tell Len, us? Len Katz, uh, who's my chief executive in business and uh, a fabulous guy, and he has a wonderful relationship with his wife and his kids. Could you tell us about the, what, what worked for you, or Len? Sure. A lot of people ask me that. What is the secret to a successful marriage? I tell them very simply, it's compromise. So what is that? Well, for example, a few years ago, my wife wanted to get a dog. So I said, a dog? I mean, we don't need a dog. They, they're, they're messy. They smell. They pee on the rug. Why do we need to get a dog? So we compromised. We got a dog. Yeah. And she said, well, I think we should get a new car. I said, a new car? Your car's not that old. It's low miles, no dents. It runs great. What do we need a new car for? So we compromised. We got a new car. Then she said, I think we need some window treatments. I said, window treatments? A new, a new couch. I said, what is, we don't need a couch. It's fine. It's not dirty. It's not ripped. It's, it works. It's comfortable. What do we need a new couch for? So we compromised. We got a new couch. <laughs> That's so it. that's compromise. Yeah. Compromise. Now, you're supposed to divide up the decisions. Which decisions were you in charge of, Daddy? Yeah, we, we, my success for marriage was uh, due to the fact that before we got married, we decided as to how, who should make what decisions. So my wife said, Look, I'll make the, uh, the, you know, the minor decisions. You know, who should, uh, who, where should we send send our kids to school? Uh, where, where, what neighborhood should we live in? Uh, what um, restaurants should we go out to? What destinations should we pursue or uh, go to? Uh, on our vacations, all the, all the little decisions. How do we spend uh, our money wisely? That was all of hers. She said, you could have the major decisions. Should we go to war with Japan? Should we uh, invade uh, Iraq? Should... So it was never a problem because she never disagreed. Whatever I said about that, she said, it's, I'm okay with that. <laughs> And and she, I, I I agreed going in. And the world is running okay because of you, because <laughs> of those decisions. Yeah, it was a happy marriage, for me, <laughs> for my wife, not so happy. Hall but of I, Fame marriage. Anyway, I always told her we have a Hall of Fame marriage, because I, for me it's sensational, for you not so hot, but one out of two of you is five hundred. We're batting five hundred. In baseball, if you get three hits out of ten, if you're on the team and you get three hits out of ten during your career, you go to the Hall of Fame if you bat 300. And here I said, we're batting 500, so we have a, a Hall of Fame marriage. So you too can have a Hall of Fame marriage as long as you outline which, what and which ones you're in charge of and which ones your wife is in charge of. That's good. But there are so many basic things 
you know, that they don't teach in school how to get along in life, how to how to respond when you're in a, in a job and 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 you don't love your boss or or, or you don't get along with a a, a coworker or, or even or learning when, how to speak when, to one when, another. Yeah, how to speak to one another, and also you know when when you should when you decide that you absolutely should quit or must quit, or or how you, how you fight your way through the, all the negatives in life, you know. The, the more you go for the for the top of the world, for have dreams, pursue those dreams, and and the more you do, you'll you'll have more failures, you know. As I pointed out several times in the past. Uh, What's what's the biggest mistake young dates daters make? Somebody called in and said to you, rookie, what's the biggest mistake young daters make? What's the biggest mistake they make? They don't I'm breaking off right away. Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay, I'll ask you a question. If you have a dog barking at your back door and your wife barking at the front door. Who do you let in? Who do you let in? Yeah. It's up to you, but if you let the dog in, he'll stop barking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little things, you start off with little dif- disagreements, and the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, no, they grow. Yeah. They, oh, they we have a caller, Debbie. Debbie, welcome to the Voice of Wisdom. Let's hear your, your, whether you agree or disagree with anything we said. We'd love to hear from you. Debbie? Hi. Um, hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Yes, we okay, hear you. So, um, um, I noticed that there are certain red flags um, from people that I noticed. So I wanted to know if you had any other red flags that you've noticed. One I've, I've noticed in a few of my friends, um, they told me before they got married that this man or woman, a girl, a guy, is very, very difficult, but, but they're worth it. And all three of the per- people who told me that got divorced um, subsequently. Um, so I think that's a red flag. I think someone who treats the, the person they're dating good, but doesn't treat other people good, like the simple people, the waiter or the, uh, uh, I don't know, somebody else, um, or their own parents or their siblings. You have to really watch that. I, I was wondering, so if you have any other red flags you would tell people to look out for. And my other comment was that I think people these days ask a lot of questions about the potential person they may are choosing to either go out with or not. And um, they ask a lot of very, I think, silly questions um, that are very external to the person. You know, sometimes what do they do for a living? That's not as external, but how they dress, um, things like that, what they watch um, on TV, whether they watch TV. I think, you know, more appropriate questions are, you know, 
Are they, do they have a temper? Are they a team player? Are they selfish? Are they easygoing? So I wanted on both hands for you to comment on red flags and to comment on what you think are important questions. Well, one of the biggest issues in marriage today is uh, a husband and a wife, I notice, fight over the remote. The remote. <laughs> so if you're, if you're fortunate enough, as I was, to make it uh, somewhat big, uh, we solved that by getting two remotes and different uh, different and two different TVs and different rooms. So we never fight anymore about the remote. But you got to find resolutions to the differences you have. Okay. So that's only one. That's only one, one uh, minuscule. Uh, disagreement, but there's so many others that you have to resolve and you have to find a way to resolve it so that at the end you still might disagree, have disagreements about the issue you're talking about, but you still love each other and, and understand each other and maybe you work on what you want her to change and she works on what she'd like you to change, but you know, there, there was a, a a brilliant lawyer, rabbi, friend of ours, Harari is his name. He lectures all over. Charlie. Charlie Harari. He lectures throughout the world. He's, he's really funny and brilliant and so great to listen to. And he had a weekly show on, and it was one time someone, a woman called up and said she was um, married about five or six years and she loved her husband when she got married. He was so good-looking and so sweet and so handsome. And soon after they got married, he started to be nasty, abusive, in terms of not necessarily abusive hitting her, but that came too. But he just put her down, and, and, and so this Charlie Harari, this rabbi asked her, well, why didn't you get up and leave if he was abusive and he was nasty. She said, well, you know, I, I didn't know what, what I would do if I left. And I didn't want to go back to my parents and they, they see what a failure I am. So I stayed with them. And then every time I was ready to leave, because it was so impossible to take, he swore to me, this time he's never going to do it again. He's going to change. He's gonna... He never changed. And by this time that three kids, and it was almost impossible to break up. So uh, Charlie Harari said, whenever that happens, the sooner you end that, the sooner you find a resolution, the happier your life will be, because you can't change people of that nature. And it's funny in life that people divorce a guy who abuses them, and then they wind up somehow Man. marrying another guy that abuses them. Or they're mad, they would break off with a guy who's an alcoholic, and the next thing you know, they're involved with a, a, a mar in a marriage of, with another alcoholic. So you gotta you gotta be careful going in, who you make a lifetime commitment with and to. And if if you're wrong, the sooner you try to correct it, hopefully even before you have children so they're not stuck in the middle. 
Unfortunately, unfortunately, people are the ones who want to get married. Are unfortunately are in a rush to get married, and they overlook a lot of red flags, like you say. If people, if you see a couple where the guy or the girl talks down to the other one, walk away. If you see that the family they don't respect each other, or if you see that there are people in the within the family. Who are not talking to each other? Find out the circumstances. There's usually something wrong there.、Um, you have to watch how people treat their parents, how they treat their siblings.、Um, I had someone that we were involved with. She was fabulous before the wedding. The second the wedding was over, like her whole personality switched. Her sister got up to speak, and she said. How dare she steal my,、uh, you know, my spotlight? And I was in shock. And after that, everything that came out of her mouth was on a whole different degree. You have to really listen and read into what you hear, and you can't ignore it, which we all seem to do. I do it very often because we want to like people, and we want to get married, and we want it to work. So we put up with it, and it's the same thing. Once you're in a marriage. If if the person you're married to is putting you down, or belittling you, or not hearing you, or not giving you the love and the attention you need, then something's wrong. Then you have to speak up. You you have to be given your space, and you have to you know give have boundaries. On the other hand, you have to be able to tell a person this is what's bothering me. You have to be able to you know form a relationship. In the end, speaking to each other is the most important thing, and they find that not just communication, but knowing that the other person has your back—that whatever happens, they're not busy judging you; they're busy looking to help you and to be on your team. It's us; it's a couple against everyone else, not the other way around. Also, if somebody walks in right away to your family and starts criticizing your family. And your friends, something's wrong, and you have to take notice. As far as your other question, where、um, you were saying that、um, wait, where people are always、um, like, wait, wait, I'm sorry, they they're forgiving. Wait, what were you saying? Is the second thing you wanted to say? I'm sorry, Debbie, could you repeat it? What was she asking?、Um, yes, the the positive questions people should ask. Oh yes, right. So it's the same、ask. thing. You're right. They do ask. They ask what color tablecloths people use, and what kind of crystal people use, and、uh, you know how wealthy they are. Who cares? That's the answer. Those aren't the things that matter. The character is what matters. The family is what matters. How a person is brought up is what matters. A person's dreams and goals matter. The other things, whether they whether they're funny, whether they're you know, you want to know if they're going to embarrass you, but you don't want to know. So many things you think are what you're looking for aren't what you're looking for. The things you think are perfect for you, you think somebody outgoing is perfect, then you find that he's outgoing and never paying attention to you. Your people's positives become their negatives. You have to watch for that. 
You want positives that are going to stay positive. You want things like a good-natured person who's going to not be good to everybody else, just, but it's going to be good to you and to your family and to your children. So you have to get to know a person. You have to find out about a person if possible. But the most important thing is you have to go by your instincts and the way to follow your instincts is by getting to know a person well and seeing them in many different situations. The only thing I disagree with I in all disagree. that you said, <laughs> yeah. as you said, you got to talk to each other. The uh, only time I ever got in trouble was when I was talking to my... When I don't talk to her, I never got in trouble. But I, I always got in trouble when I opened my mouth. So the best thing to do is try to be a good listener and be quiet. <laughs> no, although they say if you don't talk to each other, you don't have a relationship. So you have to talk, but you have to watch what you, you may say not have and how a relationship, you say it. But you're not at war. <laughs> you're once, not trouble. Once, once I, I <laughs> open my mouth. But, uh, you know, I'll give you a good example. Uh, Leah, who's, on the, who's handling the phones tonight, fell in love with a guy who was so good-looking, he was so charming, his family was from Morocco, and they became so close, she was thinking of getting married to him, and he, he was very excited about her, and, and you know, said, let's get engaged. And she said, well, before we get engaged, I'd like to visit your family, because I never met any members of your family. So she went with him to visit his family in Morocco. She was there a week, and she... When she came back, she said, she just can't marry him. He's good-looking as he is, as bright as he seems to be, because the wife, his mother, was treated like... Uh, uh, like uh, Mr. Was Davis, Mr. Davis, yes. I think you're about to lose your screener. You might want to curtail your story there. My screener? The person who's running your phone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> see when he opens his mouth, he gets in trouble. Yeah, she doesn't like me telling the story. <laughs> but but that shows you, you know, it wasn't like the wife was married to a soulmate. It was as if she was married to a dictator. She liked it in that part of the world. That seems to be prevalent, even overwhelmingly true. So. She broke off, and thank God she didn't marry that young man. So she married a great guy. That's what counts. She married a great guy and has wonderful kids. And right. Well, my daughters have great marriages, terrific marriages. But you know, when when you break up, um, it's better to break up before you have kids because divorce is very hard on the kids. I'll tell you an interesting story. Uh, a couple comes to the judge to get a divorce. And he looks at them, and he says to the husband, how old are you? He says, 95. He says to the wife, how, how old are you? She says, 92. He says, how long are you married? They said, 72 years. 72 years, and now you want a divorce? No, we wanted a divorce a long time ago. So why didn't you get a divorce a long time ago? Well, we felt we had to wait, we had to wait uh, till, the, till the kids grew up and died because they didn't want to they didn't want to subject, to, to subject their kids to to a divorce so if you wait till you're 95 and 93 
then then you could, I think the kids if they're still around could handle it. <laughs> right. But it's important to talk to your spouse and to say what's on your mind and to have that relationship. They say Bill Doherty, he, he wrote a book called uh, Take, your Mar- Take Back Your Marriage. He said that couples with children who have 15 minutes of uninterrupted, non-logistical, non-problem-solving conversation every day is in the top 5%. Could you imagine that? That most people don't talk to each other like that even 12 minutes a day. Most couples. They just walk past each other down the steps. Well, that's, how, that's why the marriages sometimes last. Because <laughs> the minute they start talking to each other, they get into a war. And... Right. The first thing they say after that is, you know, the, like the, that uh, joke about the, um, uh, not the nuns, what are they, what are the, those guys, <laughs> oh, gosh, um, you know, in a monastery. So The monks. The monks, monks right. Now the monks, there's, there's a guy, he becomes a monk, and he goes into a monastery, and the head, the head monk says to him, you can only say three words a year, and he, he's so unhappy. And the first year, after a year, they call him in, and he says, bed too hard. Bed, the bed's too hard. Bed too hard. He's only allowed three words. And then the next year, he waits a year, they call him in, he says, food, not good. Okay, uh, wait another year. He said, um, uh, "The uh, roof falling in." Okay. Roof, Not every roof falling in. Roof falling in, and a uh, whole year goes by. He goes back and he says to the head, the head guy. He says, "I am leaving." He says. I knew you would leave. All you do since you got here is complain, complain, complain. <laughs> it's the same thing. As soon as, if you have a marriage like that, the first thing a person finally says when they open their mouth is, I'm out of here. Because people want a relationship. They want, they go into marriage to have a friend. And if they're not having who to speak to, you have to learn to get up, say good morning, you know. Uh, Mom used to say, sometimes, you know, every morning I get up, Sometimes I I wake up, you know, I wake up grouchy. Sometimes I let him sleep. That's it, you know. What what was the title of her book? Living, Loving, and Laughing, and other things I do before breakfast. You know why she was living, loving, and laughing, uh, and other things she did before breakfast? Why? Because after breakfast I got up, there was no more living, (laughs) loving, and laughing. But it's a great book, fabulous book. Yeah, one of the best books I ever wrote. Yeah, it's a great book, but there are things that people. Uh, I had can... another question. I had yeah. another question. Um, I'd like you, if you can, to discuss between the difference between what men and women need in marriage. I heard women need more appreciation, men need more respect. Um, I was wondering what your thoughts and if you knew of other things that are differences between men and women in marriage in general. Well. Everybody needs an understanding soulmate, a, 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 to have tolerance when when it seems like they're adversarial to, to what you believe. Uh, so it's it's like any other part of life. It's it's to work on problem solving. As a matter of fact, 
this seems to be a family uh, interest or a family compulsion even, because Rookie wrote this book, The Art of Marriage. That's after the dating. If, if you finally got married to a soulmate that you think is great. So uh, you have to re- work if there's a problem. Work it through, work it out. Do whatever each one of you could do to consolidate your your relationship and stop staying at, at belligerent uh, act, act, activities and, uh, and behavior towards each other. So I say, Rookie wrote the book, The Art of the Marriage, and also my daughter's arranged for at least 60 different couples to to introduce them to each other, and they're married. I don't know if any of them will ever forgive my daughters, but really really these couples are always coming and thanking my daughters for making. So in addition to Rookie, who's here, who wrote The Art of Marriage and all the behaviors that you should pursue, that of course we couldn't cover even a fraction of, of what's in our book. I have one daughter that does marriage counseling, and I have one granddaughter that does marriage counseling. So, and they work to, to bring families, husband and wives, in many cases, miraculously back together again. And some, in some instances, I think, they advise them to, to move on and uh, get divorced and, and get a new relationship. So depending on, on what, what the uh, circumstances are, there's all kind of uh, different advice. One time you could tell the husband, drink the poison, another time you tell him, uh, you know, I spoke to your wife, and here's what's bothering her, and if you would address that uh, aggressively and diligently, you'll be able to save your marriage. But in school in general, from first grade on, they should start teaching the things that you have to know in life and that you will use in life instead of trigonometry and and, and, and all all these sciences, a lot of... uh, my friends took chemistry. They never used even one bit. They know all the all the different uh, scientific terms for things, but they never use it. It's like and it, you know, it's good to have, and the more knowledge you have, it's it's wonderful. But uh, the formative years, your your early years, you should get that kind of training. All these other things, you know, after you're grown up and and you have time. You can go to night school or you could take online courses and you can learn all the things that add uh, quality to your life, about art, about... Uh, you know, I, I uh, took a, a course in art, uh, art appreciation, and it, it was useful and I enjoy things that I never would have enjoyed absent that course. But it's certainly not up there, not as crucial, and that you could develop later in life too, it's not as crucial as, as learning the just the basic things, how to be nice to others, how to, how to avoid conf- conflict, how to resolve conflict. These are the things that matter. 
how to how to pick a job. You know, people take a job and then they feel stuck in the job and they, they're miserable all their lives. I know a guy, his father-in-law took care of him, gave him his father-in-law had four daughters too, like me, and he he used his wealth. He hired all the four son-in-laws, and uh, one son-in-law that I went to school with early in life. He once came to me and said, you know, he'd like to get me to buy some company and he'll head it up for, for me and so forth. I didn't find that purchase compelling, so I didn't do it. But he, he suffered from ulcers because the father-in-law used that power through the daughters to control the son-in-laws totally. They couldn't express their their creativity, their their entrepreneurship, nothing, you know? So he, he died at a young age, unfortunately, from the, uh, the ulcers that uh, got further agitated and, and, uh, and, uh, and killed him. So you have to learn... Can I ask another question? Can I, wait, can I just give some like helpful advice to people um, before we finish? I wanted to say that in marriage, the positives have to outweigh the negatives, the way you think about the person you're married to. It has to outweigh five to one. So if you think of something that bothers you about a person, try to think of, you know, five ways that he may, that, that person makes you happy. The goal of marriage is not to think alike, but to think together. And it's not how compatible you are, but how you deal with your incompatibility. And... People can live with 10 areas of incompatibility or disagreement as long as they agree to disagree, as long as they accept one another, as long as they're aware of each other's sensitivities. We all have sensitivities. It's called something that we refer to as our sunburn. Like you don't, very often you don't see it, but it's there. And a husband or a wife should be aware of and recognize the other person's sensitivities and you should go with the attitude who is right it doesn't matter who cares who is right okay um then there are little hints like criticizing a person's action not the person himself and like say instead of saying you did this wrong say i don't enjoy when somebody does something like this um Always say I love you. I know there's a story. Uh, a woman says to her husband, um, you haven't told me you loved me since we got married. And the husband says, you know what? I told you I loved you when we got married. If things change, I'll let you know. <laughs> Women have to hear it. Men also have to hear it. You're right. Men want respect. Women also need respect. Men want to be complimented on their work. Women need a little more tenderness, but you have to create a secure connection. And there are ways that you can learn to do this. You don't, you don't criticize a person outright. Um, you know, certainly you don't do a global criticism. You can say to a person that um, you forgot to pick me up, but don't say you never, I can never depend on you. You never pick me up. You can use something like I rather than you, instead of say, you know, say, I, I think we should work on this, you know, do a we, um, don't say, um, you let me down, say, I feel let down, so it doesn't place the blame on a person, 
um, and say rather, you know, say something like um, and rather than but. Like say, you're a wonderful person, but uh, you, you always mess up. That negates everything. Say, you're a wonderful person and I wish you wouldn't do so-and-so. That makes it, you know, it evens it out. It makes it a little more tolerable. Switch all your negatives to positives. You know, don't say, um, you know, don't talk while I'm talking. Say, I would feel better if while I'm talking, no one else spoke. And then remember that timing is important. If somebody is already down, don't knock them down further. If somebody's in a bad mood, just wait. And, you know, speak kindly, speak politely. Don't try not to criticize. Choose your battles. Agree to disagree, as I said before. And um, always try to, you know, like, just make a person feel good. If they, if a person feels, if the other person feels you're on the same team, you know, they, one woman said, we never discussed, you know, I never thought of divorcing my husband. Murdering him, yes. Divorce, no. <laughs> Don't bring up divorce. Think positive. Think how we could go forward. Always add a little humor into your marriage. My parents' marriage really was based on laughter and humor and fun and good times, making each other laugh, making others laugh. That was the strength in their marriage. Wouldn't you say that was one of your most strongest points? Yeah, it was just a joke that my wife <laughs> would marry me. Everybody said, how did she marry you? <laughs> my father-in-law would, wouldn't, when I said I want to marry his daughter, he spent six hours walking me around the, the block where he lived and say, why don't you go back to school? I hadn't even graduated high school yet because I dropped out of school at 14. And they ne he never thought, he and my father, were to walking out of a wedding together, and I heard, overheard them say, they just hope someday I'll be able to support my wife and, and a family. They didn't have a lot of um, uh, uh, great prospects for me, and I'll tell you the truth, I'd never let any of my daughters marry me. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, all the things that you just said, those are things that should be taught, not aggressively, not to take exam about it, but inculcated, you know, right. taught by teachers, taught Unfortunately, by... Unfortunately, they're taught by marriage counselors after the marriages are always in trouble. Yeah, and also some of the best advice that I got on the... I, received in this area is not from teachers and not from school, but from the songs that we sang in those days. One was, you got to accentuate the positive, right. eliminate the negative, and don't mess with Mr. In-Between. And then there was another one. Do you want to hire him as a singer? <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't write. I get paid to keep quiet. <laughs> and then uh, what was another popular song? I don't want to, you could have her, she's too fat for me. She's too fat, she's too fat, she's too fat for me. I don't want her. Okay. And then they, during the Second World War, they... The, the, You're the, in the army, Mr. Jones. No, the girls, the girls sang, or the guys sang, don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me, with anyone else but well, me, with anyone else but me. 
me, don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me till I come marching home. So these are all uh, interesting insights on how you should uh, relate to, to a, a soulmate and a, and a prospective uh, lifelong uh, connection. Well, he always, before you get married, get to know the person well, and after you get married, stop looking for problems and stop looking for criticism and look for a person's positives. Um, and get your first divorce out of the way quickly. I got friends that are, I got I got one friend that's been married five times. I got a bunch of friends that've been married three times. They trade in wives like they trade in their then their cars. As a matter of fact, one guy tells his friend, he says, oh, I just got uh, a Mercedes for my wife. And the guy says, wow, that's a good trade. So <laughs> if, you get a, if you could get a Mercedes, he's, he meant to say, I bought a Mercedes for my wife. He said, I got a Mercedes for my wife. So the guy says, wow, that's a good deal. How do you do that? He wanted to do the same thing. Anyway, we're hitting our uh, uh, full hour. It's been great being with you all. I hope you enjoyed some of it. I hope you tolerated the, the other part that you didn't like. And I hope you tune in again next week when we'll have some other controversial subject to ta talk with you about and, to, and things that are, are relevant to, to the current political scene, the current uh, national behavior scene, anything that's timely and relevant, we'd love to discuss with you. Bring up anything you like, whether you agree with me or disagree. I learn more from the people that disagree me, with me because I think about it after the program's over and I, I, I adopt some new, newer views hopefully better views than I've been uh, addicted to or I've adhered to for all these years. Anyway, as I say, I cherish you, my, my precious listeners. Have a great week. Have a great every day of your life. God bless you. I love you. Bye. Bye.